Because if you're trying to motivate me, reminding me that I'm not at my number is not going to help. What is going to help is saying, hey, Chris, what can I do right now? How can I better support you? Can we role play? Can we dive into your deals? Can I hop on the phones with you and make some calls and set some meetings? What can I do to help you get to your number? Because once you realize that when I feel enabled, empowered, and supported, I'm going to work my ass off for you. If I feel like you're just kicking my ass all day because you're pissed off and you don't really want to help, but you just want to micromanage or manage behind a dashboard, I'm now disengaged. I'm going to do the bare minimum. Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Your host, Mark McGinnis, Australia's number one social seller, author of Tactical Pipeline Growth and B2B Sales Trainer, brings you expert opinion, tactics, and discussion to help you get more out of your time on social. Welcome to the Boss Podcast, the best of social selling. Chris Von Heun is a sales guy on the rise. He's a monster slayer. Chris is also a sales practitioner. He's a busy, everyday Xerox copier rep. It took me ages to get him on the podcast because he runs a full-service sales cycle for his products. He's the BDM, he's the AE, he's even got customer experience responsibilities. As well, he's super active on social and he posts great stuff all the time. Definitely check him out. I really liked his material. It's motivational and yet super tactical. Instead of taking the sales thought leadership approach of telling sellers what to do or what they're doing wrong, he sometimes hits it back across the net and goes on the offense. In one video that I liked, he talks to his imaginary boss saying, man, the last thing I need right now is you reminding me of my monthly target. I get what my monthly target is. I see it every damn day. In this episode, Chris shares his very best strategies that he uses to help crack open not only his prospect stores, but also their order books. He uses a combination of self-depreciating humor, direct outreach, video messaging, email, text, direct mail, all the things that I'm signed up for. There's some really nice strategies in here that everyone could use. By far, the big one for me is the customer lingo library. It's so clever, so basic, so obvious. I'm definitely going to use it going forward. You know, and this is why these chats, why these types of podcasts, whether it's this one or another one, are so damn valuable, not only for me, but for you too. Look, I listen, watch, and read about 10 to probably 15 hours of content every week. Every week. I have not heard or seen of this strategy before. And that's what makes this stuff so powerful. And why I'm so keen to bring you the very best people that I can find so they can share these strategies. If you like this episode, share, comment, and like. We want to be spreading the word. Please tell your friends and your colleagues to check out the Boss Podcast. Now let's cut across to Chris. Okay, welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Chris Von Heuen from San Francisco, California. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well, my man. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Very, very well indeed. So I'm very pleased to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I, I know you're very busy, so I was pleased to get you here. But for a couple of reasons, you're a photocopier guy, right? Good old copier guy, you know, working for Xerox and people still buy copiers in a pandemic. So don't tell me someone isn't buying because I just got a big one delivered today. Really? Tell me about that. How did that go down today? Um, 
hellish. <laughs> when, you try, when you try to forklift in a seven, 800 pound wide format through a window and your forklift is the wrong size and it's too big to get through it, you got to get creative. So we had some guys muscle it. We got some moving straps. I bought some people a 12 pack of beer because at least I could do for them. And then we had two, three hours of setting it up and testing to make sure it works because it's a delicate kind of thing. So it's a little feisty there. So then we had to go test out and print a massive amount of things and actually burn through all the toner. Gotcha. So that sounds like a pretty tough afternoon. So the reason why I wanted you, was so keen to have you on, Chris, is so many of my listeners and indeed quite a few of my customers are in that business services and that photocopier space. So, and I hear time and time again, people saying, you know, social media, you know, I don't know that you know, LinkedIn, it doesn't really help me a lot. So I know you're absolutely killing it on social because you're recommended to us by none other than Jason Bay. So I'm really keen to hear about that. But before we jump into that, can you give us a little bit of context about what you do, who you are, all that sort of stuff? Yes. I mean, just like the the fun LinkedIn basics over here, Chris Von Hewen, Xerox guy, so full cycle sales, which means I go out and get the meetings. I work with the prospects, all the way to signature of contract. And then I'm also the customer success person. So I've got to make sure I don't oversell it because I do have my cell phone number and I am the first person they call. <laughs> yeah, fun times. <laughs> so uh, beyond that, let's see, uh, California raised. I have a finance background, so I'm kind of an oddity for being in sales, but did finance for a bit. Said I uh, can't do that for the rest of my life. Said sales seems like a fun thing to do because everyone says I seem like a sales guy. Hopped in and loved it. And then uh, got active on LinkedIn about a year ago. And here we are today. Yeah. So what was the, what happened to get you on LinkedIn? Like what was the, nearly everyone says to me, something happened. And then I started on LinkedIn. There's nearly something that, you know, actually takes place that makes people make the switch from nothing to the, to go. So what was yours, man? Yeah. I think for me, it was really just seeing the opportunity there, right? You have a boatload of sales leaders that are giving away free knowledge. You have the opportunity to connect with anyone in the world. And when I was listening to like Gary Vaynerchuk and he's talking about the next platform that's going to blow, he's like, LinkedIn is it. So I was like, all right, Gary, I'm going to listen to you for once and just hop in. And I just haven't regretted it since. Cool. And, and so what sort of results are you able to get from using LinkedIn? I mean, it's been all kinds of things. I've like met some like amazing people like Todd Capone, who has a book out, The Transparency Sale. I met Larry Levine, who is actually a copier guy and now does his own sales coaching. I mean, I've met prospects, I've met friends, like literally everything I've like, gotten from LinkedIn. Like, I, I don't say that as just like a, oh, you can get anything. Like, no, seriously, I've made amazing friends off of it. Jobs, referrals, tools, platforms. That's how I got introduced to one of my favorite networking groups, the Revenue Collective. Like, you can get it all on LinkedIn if you just invest the time into it. Yeah, love it. So I met Larry uh, myself. Larry's a good guy. He's a, he's a great sales guy, smart fella. So what about, helping you with your business development. Have you been able to use LinkedIn effectively to help you drive more sales results, get more meetings, you know, that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's just another channel, right? And it's one that I think, especially a lot of copyright reps are really afraid to use. So especially, you know, you're selling your, your buyers finance or IT normally. And depending on the size of the company, they may not have a good LinkedIn or not, but the decent sized company with a LinkedIn profile, it's decent. You can start hopping on there and sending them messages, getting to know them. If they're actually posting, then that's just gold. Use all that content in your outreach. You know, whatever they like, figure out how to incorporate that to show them that you're doing your research on them. Okay. So so you would interact with somebody if you can see that they've made some 
posts or they're making comments, they're active on LinkedIn, you'd try and reach out to them via LinkedIn? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, like, I just reach out regardless, unless you have like a profile that's not filled out at all. Like, I just don't care active or not, just because it's another channel. I'm of the mindset that you just got to hit every channel because you don't know what one's going to resonate. I've had people never respond to my email, but then I send them a message on LinkedIn and they respond to that. So, I mean, as far as like, how does it go? It it really depends on how you want to take it, right? So if they're an active person, I think putting in some deposits, engaging with their content, commenting, you know, just having like starting to build up that relationship so they actually know who you are is important. If they're not active at all, then to be honest, just get to it and get straight to a solid pitch that's customized as much as it can be because you don't have anything to interact with if they're not active on LinkedIn. Yeah, but you still use the channel even if they don't look like they're active. You still send them a message via LinkedIn or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, like, yeah, I still send them a message because depending on how your settings are done, you're going to get the LinkedIn message and you're getting an email and I think like a reminder email as well. So you can get possibly pinged like three times over on one message, which just gives me more bang for the buck. I love that. So I'm a big fan of multi-channel, multi-tools, multi each, mm-hmm. t- each attempt should have a multiple channel outreach. So what channels are you using? So obviously you're using LinkedIn because you just said that and you're, you said you're using email, right? What else are you using? Yeah. So because of COVID, I'm not doing direct mail like I used to, but direct mail is a big channel for me. So mainly it's phones email, video, and LinkedIn. Those are the the channels that I'm using at the moment. Okay. How's video going for you? Video has been really fun because I make silly videos. Like people get very stiff and get all formal. That's the worst thing to do. Like just have some fun because most of the time, like people are looking at your energy and your nonverbal more so than like the exact message. And people get so like jittery and just like robotic. So for me, like I've had like People come back and like laugh at some of the videos that I'm making because I do some stuff where I'm like crumpling up paper and saying most of the sales pitches are like junk. So I'm doing you a favor and throwing this one away for you. I mean, I've done ones where it's like, you know, I'm talking about like green smoothies. I just have some fun. So some of the direct mailers that I was doing, make those into videos with props and things like that and send them. And people laugh at them or, you know, they'll click on them and send them around and at least gets the interaction going. And then when you get them on the phone, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that video. They're like, perfect. Yeah, I like that. So I think, you know, we're in a situation now where so many sales outreach activities fall into a basket that looks extremely similar. So people send a, they spend, you know, two hours, sometimes more, two hours creating an an outreach email, you know, and they send it out and they put 150 reasons why you should take a meeting with me. And the damn thing doesn't even get open, man. You know, like what are the open rates out there? You know, 20%, 25% if you're lucky. Yeah, 20 to 30 is what I saw last I checked. Yeah. So that means if you flip that on its head, right, that means it's seven, so three out of four aren't even going to get looked at. So you've spent two hours making these emails. So yep. I think it's really up to us as sales professionals to, I love that term, flip the script, you know, that Beck mm-hmm. uses and, and Oren Claff's used. But, you know, we've got to pattern interrupt. We've got to break the mold, upset yep. the apple cart. If you're not standing out, why would people respond to us? Correct. You know, and I love that you're saying there, let's use all these multiple channels to make it easier for us to stand out. So I reckon that's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So your point here, you got to stand out in a way that's going to add value. So I just want to clarify that for the listeners. You can stand out and go stalk your person. That's not going to be good for you. You might get arrested. So 
make sure you stand out in a way that adds value, right? Like I like to make people laugh. I laugh at myself all the time. Like watch one of my videos. I'm usually laughing at myself for something that I said or did, right? And like people like to laugh. So humor is a good thing. And like if it's self-deprecating, then you don't have to worry about offending the other person, right? So that's why I make fun of like myself in videos versus like potentially making a joke about the prospects that could kind of fall in the wrong direction. And or you create an unforgettable experience. So that's why when I was using direct mailers, doing like crumpled letters, burnt letters, coffee stain, green smoothie, travel around the world, whatever, it created an experience they never got before. And people are dying for something unique and an experience like that. So they can go talk to their coworkers about something else other than just going insane from being locked inside our houses for so long. <laughs> yeah, so I think right now it's really important time to be trying to create a little bit of humor and, and breaking the mold or flipping mm-hmm. the script. Let's take a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back. Video messaging is huge right now. Mark reports his very best message response rates are coming from video messaging, and Mark chooses to use Bonjuro as his video message supplier. Because Bonjuro is now a supporter of the Boss Podcast, they have given listeners a massive 20% off any of their plans. Simply add BOSS20 at the checkout. That's B-O-S-S-2-0. Give Bonjuro a go and increase your response rates by 300%. Go to Bonjuro.com. That's B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. So you know, one of the reasons why I think people should really check you out on LinkedIn is the stuff that you share. Are you a thought leader or is it more sales leadership? I mean, what do you think? What is it that you're sharing here? How would you describe that? That's a good question. I don't know. Like I let people dub it themselves. Like my version is I just share my two cents of what's going on in my life or what I'm thinking about. So some of the times I think about sales leadership because I get frustrated with, you know, the situation that I'm in. Or other times I'm just gonna share like here's the actual tactics, scripts, and strategies and the way I you know construct my meetings because I want to be able to give back to other people. So that turns into thought leadership, sales leadership, or just CVH's babbling. I don't know. Label it what you want. I'm just hoping it adds a little value to your day. Like that's all I really care for. Well, I think you're definitely doing that. And that's the point. You know, I want people to make sure they go and check you out. They look you up on LinkedIn because there's a couple of great things that I found. One of them was when you were you were sort of almost coaching your maybe it wasn't your manager, but you know, managers in general. You know, I don't mm-hmm. need you to give me a hard time about missing my quota, right? I'm already living and breathing that. You know, last thing I need is for you to come and tell me how much of a shitty job I've done. And I thought that was a really valuable message for both sides of the conversation, for both the reps to be able to go, you know what, you should be hurting. And for the managers to go, you don't need to beat up the sales team. You know, that they should already be under their own form of pressure. So I thought that was, was pretty cool. What brought that on? <laughs> yeah, I think what brought it on is just being human, wanting to connect with a human. Like in sales, I think we fundamentally screw this up. And you, you know, you get the call from the manager, like you need to bring in 40,000 this month. You're like, gee, boss, I had no clue that my quota was 40,000 and I'm not there. I only look at it every single day. You only, you know, basically deem my entire value on a number. But yeah, I had no clue I needed to bring in 40K. Like, you know, good talk. Go, go team, right? Like, don't. I'm, I'm very much aware that my number is 40K and I need to hit that every single month. Like, hi, that's not new. That's why you hired me. So yeah, it's one of those things where what are we trying to accomplish here? Like, honestly, take a step back, pull yourself out from the emotions or pull your head out of your ass if that's where it is, and just say, hey, what am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to motivate this rep? Am I trying to scare this rep? 
Am I trying to just do something because I got, you know, shitted on by my boss and it's just rolling downhill at a quick pace. And so I'm just taking it out on this rap. Because if you're trying to motivate me, reminding me that I'm not at my number is not going to help. What is going to help is saying, hey, Chris, what can I do right now? How can I better support you? Can we role play? Can we dive into your deals? Can I hop on the phones with you and make some calls and set some meetings? What can I do to help you get to your number? Because once you realize that when I feel enabled, empowered, and supported, I'm going to work my ass off for you. If I feel like you're just kicking my ass all day because you're pissed off and you don't really want to help, but you just want to micromanage or manage behind a dashboard, I'm now disengaged. I'm going to do the bare minimum. Yep. I think that's a great lesson for people to hear from somebody like you that's on the front line because a lot of the time, you know, the messages that the sales leadership get is from further up the line and it's sometimes got the opposite approach. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really cool. And so this sort of stuff that you share, it's like a cross between tactical and motivational. And I don't see a lot of that. And I think there's some real value for anybody that's listening to make sure you go on and look you up and, and give you a follow on LinkedIn because there's some real value there. The tactical pieces, I think, are interesting too, Chris, you know, like just how tactical you are. Can you share some of the strategies that you use for messaging? Are you able to do that? Yeah, yeah, of course. I can share that because I actually made videos on it. So if people go back and watch like the, I don't know, uh, the last 10 videos, <laughs> I dive into messaging hardcore and give you screenshots and like how to literally go steal exactly what I do. So let's say I'm a copier rep. I need to go come up with some new messaging because telling the prospect I can save them 10% on their current print costs is what every freaking rep does. And believe me, the prospect does not even care about that right now. So what I do is you need to speak your customer's language. So I'm a big fan of creating a customer lingo library. And what that really is, is key phrases about challenges, pains, or benefits that they deem from your products or services. If you don't have any of that, then go talk to a friend, see if you can interview some of their customers. If that's not possible, then Google is going to become your best friend and you're going to start Googling. So let's say you're just screwed and you have to go to Google. You can literally just look up testimonials from customers in the copier industry. And that's what I had to go do. I did that and I found all these testimonials talking about you know, the challenges they were facing and now where they're at. So current state versus future state. So you want to grab those key phrases, put that in that customer lingo library. So let's say, for example that service was a headache for them. It was like pulling teeth to get someone on site and help them fix their printer when it's beyond just a simple jam. So then what I could say as like a subject line of the email is like service equals pulling teeth, question mark. And then the email could just go somewhere along the lines of like, hey, Mark, when you have to call service for your copier, does it feel like you're pulling teeth? Maybe it takes you a couple of days for even someone to respond. You know, would you be open to learning about a couple of ways where you get responses within minutes versus days and people on site within hours versus weeks? Let me know if it makes sense to connect, Chris. Short, simple, sweet, but that's their language. But it all started, and I just want to, I want you to really slow that down. The initial part of the process was going to what? How would people do this for, them, for themselves now? So if you have good case studies, go to the case studies and pull out the exact quotes from your customers. And that's the language that you want to get. If you don't have those case studies, interview your current customers. If you can't do that, then Google testimonials for your industry to get those key terms. But you need to get the customer's language. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Your customer is already talking about their problems and pains and value and benefits they get from utilizing either your product or a competitor's product. Dial in on those words, grab them, and start using them. That is 
we can stop right now because that's <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's great advice. And and I haven't heard like I've been doing this a long time, Chris. Right, so yeah. uh, you know. No one's shared that idea with me before, so I'm definitely going to be ripping that off. Uh, that's going to be the, the CBH customer library system, okay? Yeah. Um, right. so- <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, though. Like, we make sales unnecessarily complicated. Stop trying to come up with this, the, with the, with a, oh, this is a creative line. Dude, your customer has told you what is good and bad. It is your job to be the detective and grab that and then flip it into some questions and keep it conversational and not all creepy, like, and asking for 15 minutes because no one talks like that in person. So don't make it creepy. Just have a conversation in an email. Like, it's a <laughs> one-sided dialogue in my mind. We're just having a one-sided conversation until you decide to chime in at some point. So have that mindset. Your email copy will get better. Yeah, love it. And, and so many times we would wait for marketing to write that text for us, you know, or create yeah. that, that copy. But marketing, you know, they just don't have the client contact that we do, you know, so we're, no. we're the experts as far as that's concerned. You know, we should be helping yeah. them out. Every day, like you're on the front lines talking to the customers. Like you should be feeding marketing all this stuff. Like marketing just should be talking with y'all and be like, hey, what, what's the customer saying? Well, the customer's saying this. Okay, how do we turn that into some material? Like that's how the relationship should go, but that's a whole different episode. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also got some, some strategies around illuminating questions and that sort of thing. Can you share some yeah. ideas there? Yeah, so to me, illuminating questions are really questions that get the prospect to stop and think, uh-huh. right? You, you want to kind of have them like, oh, shit, that's a good question. Like when, you know, when you're interviewing and someone's like, that's a good question and they're stalling, it's kind of what you want to get out of your prospect. So for example, let's say you have a prospect that has a bunch of desktop printers and they don't have them on a managed print service program. One of the things I would just ask is, so how are you currently managing your entire fleet? And how do you know how much you're spending? They're not going to be able to answer that off the top of their head. They're going to be like, well, we're kind of not managing our fleet. I have no clue how much we're spending. It's like, well, the reason why I ask is typically customers are spending 20 to 30% more than they need to. And you're also dealing with all these you know, unnecessary headaches. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, we can take care of all that. So right there, you're now having a dialogue where you're teaching them something. Hey, you didn't realize that you're potentially overspending in this area and you didn't have to maintain all these devices, which sucks because of the replaceable parts. So would you be interested in learning how to not deal with that and save money? That kind of sounds like a double win for you. Yeah, and I like the way that you've made that nice and specific. I think a lot of people, might, they try and make it easy for themselves. And so what mm-hmm. they end up doing is just coming in at, with a version of save time and money, right? So they go, right. do you want me to make this easier for you? But you've expanded that the next step and said, because I know that, you know, these are the challenges that you've got. Right. You got to tell them a story, right? Like stop saying save money and time. Everybody says that. I even get pitches from salespeople talking about saving money and time. I'm like, really? So you need to make it tangible enough where the prospect can put themselves into the story and see themselves as the hero. And your role is to be the guide to guide them through that journey. And at the end of it, they're going to be kicking more ass and, get, and being amazing and you get the commission. So we all win. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, do a little bit of business, and we'll be right back. If you need more conversations with your ideal buyers or to simply sharpen your prospecting skills, check out Mark's latest book, Tactical Pipeline Growth. It's a complete prospecting guide. It outlines step-by-step the process to build a strong and healthy pipeline. Mark has included a huge amount of valuable sales material, such as templates, call, and email scripts, 
the best cadence plans, as well as social selling templates for you to use and start prospecting straight away. Tactical Pipeline Growth is available from Amazon or directly from www.markmc.co slash TPG. So can you give us an example of a story there that you might be able to use? Yeah, so uh, one of the stories that like, just happened is a um, customer I was working with, their current vendor, they had machines down for like two months. It was like insanity. And these are the production equipment too. So these are the big machines that have the lowest rates and do all the heavy you know, booklet making and crazy color. And so I was just talking to them and you know, I was just like, hey, like, I was just asked like, how's service? And they're like, well, it's okay. I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, oh, well, you know, we have a little trouble here and there. I was like, so how does that impact you? Well, we can't do the printing we need to print. And so we have to go to like Kinko's or FedEx. So I'm like, wait, you're paying for this equipment. You're paying for the service. And now you're having to go pay additional to go to Kinko's and FedEx. I'm like, how does that make sense? But like, it doesn't. I was like, aha, now you've identified the problem. Now we can start talking and working together. And then how can you use that to help you into the future? So then you use that as leverage. Once you understand pain plus impact, and I want to really clarify this, just because they say they have a problem, i.e. service, woohoo. But if you don't understand the impact of it, it's really meaningless. So if they just said, hey, we have service problems, but it doesn't really matter to us, then that's not going to motivate them to buy. But if they're like, hey, we're having problems with service, and now we're having to spend an extra $200 a month and we're pissed off, okay, now we have an impact and I can work with that. So then it's like, well, what kind of situation would you like to be in? It's like, well, we'd like you know a human being to answer the phone and to know that someone's going to be on site within four hours. Awesome. I can deliver to that. Now I know I can actually get them to where they want to go. So now we're aligned on that. And then it just comes to them, you know, believing that, me proving that out, and then delivering that on the back end. Gotcha. Okay. And I think I'm guessing that you could then use those stories as door openers with other clients who are just like them, right? You could say, Correct. hey, my guess is, you know, my clients are telling me these are the challenges they've got. Is this sound like your day or is, or is your day super smooth? Let's, let's talk about that. Yep. And you could insert those stories. Yeah, that's, that's your cool call. So it's just, it's just like, hey, normally when I talk with, you know, I work with managers of IT that are dealing with service delays, so many IT tickets for the printers, it's not even funny. And they usually have a couple of gray hairs by the end of the day. Does that sound like your day-to-day or am I just rambling here? And again, there's a little humor that can chuckle it down and be like, nope, we're all good there. I'm like, wow, your print environment's amazing. How do you do it? And then there's another open-ended question. I can learn more about how they're able to combat those things, but maybe they're going to still they have troubles in other areas. Yeah, great stuff. And does the messaging that you use change much across those channels? So for copiers, not that much. For other jobs, yes. I mean, you can get into the nuances of like, okay, accounting is going to focus on this, lawyers focus on this, schools focus on that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of all the same pains and problems. So they're not too specific. Now, if you're going to like a print shop, production shop, where they're looking at cost per clicks and this is their main bread and butter, yeah, that's a very different conversation because it's like, well, you're paying two cents for color. What if I get down to a penny? Is that worth your time? They're going to listen. But I would never say that to a school because they'd be like, I don't even know what my clicks are right now. Gotcha. So that's good feedback straight away there that you need to change for your ICP and understand what pain points are for each one of those individual targets. So yep. gold star. But what I meant was like, you know, the language or that you use for a, a telephone call versus a LinkedIn script versus a, an email. Ah, 
if, if you go back to the, you know, like does that change a lot or, or is you pretty much stay the same? LinkedIn and email is basically the same exact messaging. Phone call is different because the script is different in the sense of I'll be like, hey, this is Chris. You don't know me. I'm calling you out of the blue. I would never like put that into an email unless I'm going to be like, hey, so I was going to cold call you, but I thought it'd be a lot more fun just to send you what you know the script was going to look like. And then I might play it out that way. But to your point, like I will break out different styles between emails and calls because the mediums make sense to do so. Okay. But the pain points or the conversation points are the same or? Yeah, pain points are going to be the same. I mean, it's not going to change. It's just how you're presenting it. So I mean, the, the crux of your message isn't going to be any different. It's just how you're presenting it to them because the medium in which you're delivering it is different. You know, phone call versus email versus video. So you need to adapt to the medium to ensure it makes sense. So I wouldn't start an email being like, hey, this is Chris. You know, I'm just calling you out of the blue. Well, I'm writing you an email. I'm not calling you. Like, that's kind of awkward. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So then you yeah, yeah, <laughs> have, the, have the message make sense, right? <laughs> but pain points will still be the same. Okay, cool. So let's focus a little bit now. Um, we're coming to the end. I want to talk about your LinkedIn activity specifically. So what does your weekly or daily LinkedIn activity look like? So if somebody wants to replicate you, right, or, you know, learn from you, you know, what do you do daily or weekly on LinkedIn? So for me, I do post seven days a week right now because I'm doing this 30-day video thing where I just said for the next 30 days, I'm going to make 30 videos. So I make a video every single day right now and post it. Yep. But let's set that aside. Right, I'd say for a posting schedule, um, five days a week, Monday through Friday, you can use a tool like Buffer to go schedule your posting or Hootsuite, whatever your preference is. And then usually in the mornings, just because I where I am time zone-wise, when I post around... Six o'clock in the morning, Pacific Standard Time. That's a good time for engagement because that's about nine o'clock on the East Coast. And then, so I will engage with posts for about 30 minutes to an hour. And then, you know, my post goes up and people are commenting, engaging, and, you know, you just want to get all that going because the first hour matters for algorithm's sake. And then after that, like, I'll just kind of check it, you know, throughout the day whenever I have time. And for me, I'm looking to engage also with like top influencers. So there's a bunch of sales people that I know that I respect and I engage with their content. I'll look at my prospects, see if they've posted anything, company pages, things like that. And that just gives me time to kind of dial in and see what the company's talking about. So maybe the CEO made a message. I'll comment on that. And that's usually how I'm using LinkedIn. And then in the evenings, you know, if I'm bored or something, maybe I'll check it again, look at uh, who's viewed my profile go add them, whoever's liked or commented on my post, go connect with them and thank them for you know commenting or liking the post. Great stuff. And and again, I want to tell everybody on the pod, you know, go and have a look at Chris's profile. I think, you know, you've done a great job of, of taking a copier sales rep, you know, and copier sales can get a bad rep at times, you know? Yep. You know, you've got slain copier monsters as your headline. <laughs> I think, you know, banishing your IT nightmares. But you know what? Yep. That's exactly what you're doing, right? So you yeah. Most people need you because they've got a drama. They've got an IT drama. They've got an IT problem. Yeah. It's a bit cheeky, but it's actually straight between the eyes. I really like it. I think it's a great strategy. Thank you. I mean, like, I wanted to have some fun with it. And I think people just get too serious with their title. Like, I'm a technology advisor. I'm like, I got no idea what the hell that actually means. But if I tell you I'm slaying (laughs) copier monsters, one, again, it goes back to being pattern interruptions. Like, who the hell says they slay copier monsters? But when the machine's acting up, what do you call it? It's a monster. It's an alien. Right. So you play on the terms people would normally call the machines when they're acting up. And then, like, people always talk about the IT nightmares like, oh my gosh, IT is such a headache. Or IT themselves are like, did I have nightmares because of all these printer tickets? 
let us have some fun with that and call it out what it is. But to your point, you, you connect the dots. You're like, those are actual real pains that people have. And I'm like, yeah, I just put it in my title. So then you associate me with that and hopefully you'll reach out if you're experiencing those issues. Yeah. So it's much more effective than having account executive there, right? Right. That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> so people are listening to this. What's the one thing, Chris, that, you know, let's say I'm a, a, a new startup rep. I'm relatively new. Yeah. Um, what would be the one thing that you tell them they should do in relation to being more effective on LinkedIn, whether it be messaging or, or whatever the case may be? What would, what would your advice be? One thing. Easiest thing. Learn copyrighted. Done. Like, that's it. If you can't write good copy, yeah, you're SOL. So learn copywriting. It will help you in so many areas of your life. Well, no one's ever said that. I think you are absolutely unique in so many ways. Uh, Chris, how would would you like people to connect with you? Do you you want people to connect from APAC? Like, give us a little bit. Do you want people to get in contact with you? Do you have something to plug? Just um, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and just reference this podcast, please. Can I get like creepy you know, messages and I just delete them or block them. So just reference that you listen to the podcast. So I have some context, but reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, that's the most, that's the channel I'm most active on. I'm also on Twitter and YouTube. Pretty easy to Google my name. It's just C-H-R-I-S space V is in Victor, O-N space H-U-E-N-E. Kind of on all social media channels. So pick one that you fancy, connect with me and feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I just love chatting with random people. Uh, Chris Von Heuen, thank you very much for being an awesome guest on the Boss Podcast. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Lovely. Please help others just like you find this podcast by spreading the word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you source your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Boss Podcast. Join us next time for even more tactics, discussion, and ideas to help you improve your social outreach.